When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everybody, welcome to the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. My name is Nick. I gotta apologize right off the bat because I am struggling right now. You know when you're a caffeine addict and you're in that weird place, you've got a headache, and you're not sure if it's because you haven't had enough water or because you haven't had enough caffeine so you just spend the next hour chugging both of them? That's what I'm kind of going through right now, and I just have a pounding headache. But I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. It really helps us out. Here's a quick look at what we've got coming up. You live and die and fight for that inch, but every inch that you get is an inch closer, and we live in the realm of slim opportunities. So uh, day one, I went in, I had an audition. They were like, okay, well, here's his character. He's a little bit older. He's the father now, blah, 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 then. Um, we need you to beat the shit out of this dummy. (laughs) So basically, you would like to be a walrus. I mean, I'm kind of am a walrus. I just can't grow facial hair. Came back and watched Star Wars. What are you doing? Are you opening a bag of chips? No, I'm not opening a bag of chips. Why? Continue with your story. I want to know what you're doing. Are you eating something? No, I'm not eating anything. What are you crinkling? God, fine, I'm eating. So for the second week in a row, we've managed to have kind of an underlying theme throughout the episode, and that theme is motivation. And we really got that from our first guest, because even if you don't immediately recognize the name, you know this person. You've heard his voice, you've played some of his characters because he's been in God of War, the new Spider-Man, One Punch Man, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. He is a musician, he's an actor, a stuntman, a voiceover guy, and he does motion capture for a lot of things as well. But having this conversation, what really stood out to me, not just all the stuff that he's done, but just his energy. Because I was listening to him and just getting motivated to go do stuff. This is Chris J. Alex. You originally started in music? Yeah, I started in music. I had a little uh, record label called Phoenix Entertainment, and um, and I moved to New York um, with Case's co-road manager, and, uh, and I was supposed to be a producer under there. Um, it ended up not going exactly the way I wanted, and then we moved, to, uh, I moved back and did the indie thing. Was that your first love, or was it just music just happened to be the first thing? Oh, yeah, music was always my first love. I've, I've always wanted to do music, and I still am actively doing music. Um, it's just when I moved to L.A., uh, originally I had two choices. I was like, okay, it's either going to be New York or L.A. Uh, I am tired of, uh, of winter, being from Michigan, so uh, I ended up in L.A., and it just so happens that, you know, the uh, the young camera thing took off a little faster than uh, than the music, and I just kind of pivoted from there. I saw in your bio you are Lansing, Michigan's number one record seller. Is that still true? Hey, I, I, I don't know. It's it, that's been uh, quite some time. So, yeah, uh, as long as we get honor, honorable mention, man, we're uh, I'm, I'm happy with that. When's the last time you saw a copy of one of those original mixtapes? Oh wow, uh, I think somewhere in my house. I mean, I have. <laughs> I have, like, from a long time ago, you know, just uh, a couple of records that I kept for uh, nostalgia purposes. But um, every now and then I'll get somebody that'll hit me up on uh, on Facebook or something, and they'll say, hey, you know, we uh, we used to listen to you guys or something like that. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of a treat. But as far as, like, seeing an actual record from back then, it's, it's, 
while. But it's been a, a year since I've been back to Michigan anyway. The last time I was there was for Batman. Can you still find a copy of it? Like if somebody wanted to buy it? You know what? I'm, I'm sure, because uh, I'm pretty sure we set up like digital distribution through like, you know, uh, CD Babies and one of those things. Um, oh, the original. Oh, the, the, actually, no, we didn't. So I don't, I don't think you can. You made this decision to just kind of pack up and move and live in an apartment. Was that how did you yeah. get? How did you get to that? I mean, that seems like to me a kind of a risky thing at the time. My mom, she was a musician, so uh, you know she would always you know take long trips and take chances and stuff. And I guess that's hereditary. So, long story short, me and my boys were like, you know what? Um, you know, let's just go for it. We did. I think we did all we could in a, in, a, in a small town. Literally, I believe it was me, Range. It was four of us. Four of us packed up, and then we uh, we ended up moving into this one bedroom apartment in Hollywood. And then uh, we ended up um, acquiring <laughs> a couple other roommates. So at one time, I think there was like six or seven of us to a to a one bedroom. But we were kind of used to the grind, man. So we, we, we were, it was just in our bones to just pick up and go for what we wanted. I ask you about it because one of, our, one of the episodes that we had that a lot of people listened to and responded to is we talked to a couple of people that they wanted to pursue their dreams, but they, just, they didn't have the courage to kind of do what you did and just pack up and just go yeah. for it. How did, you, yeah. how did you make that decision? Like, How did you just say, you know what, I'm stepping off this cliff and I'm going to see what happens? You know what? So I think that is the absolutely hardest part of entertainment. No one knows where your next dollar is coming from. I mean, only 2% of my union works. Only 2% of SAC works. I've always, uh, I think it was, I, think, I really think it was something that was bred into me. I was fortunate enough to have very supportive parents and just being around that and saying that there is no other option really kind of, you know, really kind of cemented it for us. So as, as far as, you know, going for it, I really feel like, um, Honestly, entertainment is something that is something is so ridiculously hard that you hear people say cliche like if you if you can do anything other anything else and be happy, do that thing. But if you have to do entertainment, then do entertainment. Like it's so real because I have a lot of my friends, you know, that um, that want to get into it. I thought about it that you know people that hit me up and it's just like you know, you have to fight so hard for everything and you really have to be comfortable with enjoying the process because uh, it's, you, you never know where the next thing is coming from. So, yeah, it's 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 either this or I'm going to be the baddest bucket drummer on in, in the subway. <laughs> so there really, wasn't, there really wasn't another option. So, uh, yeah, I can't uh, I can imagine doing anything else and I think that's why I've, uh, I've I've able to have the little amount of session I have had is because you know there there is nothing else. And then if you go into a room, or uh, you you do a job with that level of intensity, there's really no way you 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 can't win, or at least the people not respect that process. When you got to Hollywood, was it kind of hey I'm here and let's go, or did you struggle at Absolutely. first? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it was like hey I'm here, let's get the grab money like i came expecting to struggle i'm gonna go here maybe my ass handed to me that's fine and i had um and like i said my first time i moved out to new york by myself so i was completely used to you know being a fish out of water small guy in a big pond and and I, this time around i had actually a support system i had my, my my brothers with me and i had a couple of guys from from home so it was very easy for us to be like okay this is the game plan. This is what we want to do and then go for it. But I was very much aware, like, I don't know nobody here. I don't know what I'm going to do. I saw a flyer. I got in an acting class, couldn't afford it. So I painted the walls and, uh, <laughs> and did whatever I had to do to just, you know, uh, pursue my dream. And, you know, luckily I had a, a couple of different skills that was able to get me some dollars. Um, started off as a stunt man. And then I did everything, you know, from, from, from background and stunts to, you know, get to a point where I, you know, all I had to do was just be in entertainment full time, and then you know. But yeah, just 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 I hit the ground knowing that okay, this place is designed to kick your butt and you know take your money. There's no such thing as savings. You got to hustle. So that's kind of what we did. Did you ever? Were you ever close to giving up? Oh no, 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 no. 
No, yeah, it's like uh, it's really like it's literally, literally this or nothing. I mean, now there's times where you know, you know, when you uh, when you maybe you you come up with somebody and you know you know you'll see some of your peers they may have a couple of wins and then you might measure yourself like man okay they're doing this you know uh, am I, did I make the right choice in pursuing it in this way but you know uh, there's never there was never a doubt in my mind that you know that I would quit because yeah that. That that wasn't an option. I, we we burned the boats so hard to get here, and and you do have to remind yourself that you know once you come so far, and you literally you you literally you know you're running a marathon, and then you're at the last three inches. Like you you're literally in the city. You've already uprooted. You 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 kind of figured out how to do things, and now you know the game, and it's just a matter of getting in the right room. So. You're at the last three feet of the marathon, and those are the hardest to run. Yeah. But, you know, it's right there, and you can taste it. And these little successes that you have along the way definitely energize you, and they definitely they definitely help you see the bigger deal. Like, I don't think, uh, you know, the, the average person realizes how big of a deal it is just to say, hi, my name is Bob on TV. Like, just to get that job, there are literally thousands of people, and I'm not exaggerating, there's thousands of people fighting for that one. Hi, my name is Bob. You know, not, not, not Leonardo DiCaprio's job, not, you know, just to say, hi, my name is Bob on TV. Thousands of people are fighting for that. And they all look like you. And you, 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 you have to go in and audition, and then you have to get approved by, like, you know, the, the, casting director then the director then the network like it's a lot it's a really big deal but once you start getting those little successes you know it's just you climb that mountain inch at a time inch at a time you know if you watch any given sunday al pacino gives his great speech where he's like we live and die for that inch yo that shit is true you live and die and fight for that inch but every inch that you get is an inch closer, and we live in the realm of slim opportunities. So, if if we get if there's even a, a fraction of a percent chance that it might help us to get our goal, then you know, it's, it's, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm going to do it. You know, so is that kind of how you branched out into so many different things? Like there was just an opportunity, and you jumped on it, or were these all of the different things that you wanted to do between the stunt work, the voice acting, the video games? You know what that you know what that comes from. I'll, I will I will die before I serve drinks. A lot of that hustle comes from just uh, finding angles. And, you know, you come in this town, everybody wants to get in front of the camera. No one wants to be the blow-bop guy. Like, you know, no, no one wants to do that. And I'm not shit on any, you know, anybody that's, you know, doing the boom-bop job, but no one comes here like, I want to pull focus. Like, no, you want to be the guy in front of the camera. You know, you want to yeah. you want to be that person. But there's so many people lined up to do that. And in the meantime, you feel like, oh, oh, oh my goodness, I got to pay bills. So not knowing where your tech comes from, a lot of people find themselves, you know, in, in jobs that they didn't necessarily think they would end up doing. I'm always of the mindset of, okay, if I want to do something, you know, what's the best way? Back Going back to that inch strategy, how can I get the next inch? Okay, if I'm an actor and I understand composition, I know how to, how to edit then it's going to make my it's going to make me strong as an actor. Okay, I know where the cuts are going to happen. Or I can see it in my mind. I kind of have an idea. I know when I'm shooting this thing, I can play it a certain way. I can bring that much more technicality into my um, into my performance that you know that the people who know gonna know that I get it. And you know, it's uh, film and TV is it's a very technical thing. It's not like. A, it's not like theater. It's a different animal. Theater, you know, once a train pulls out of the station, it is going. Come hell or high water, there is no cut. You go. So I think the purest form of acting would definitely be theater or even, you know, motion capture because motion capture is great uh, without trailing off too much, um, you know. But as far as film and TV, it's very technical. You know, you have coverage. You have to, you have to act like you're hearing certain things for the first time but you have to hear it multiple times because you have different angles you have to cover. So it's a very technical thing. So if I'm, I'm like, okay, if I understand uh, editing, that gives me an inch. If I understand writing, okay, I learn how to write. I learn what these characters' motivations are, you know, what makes them tick. I get into their psychology. That gives me another inch. Then I can communicate with the writer because the writer knows that I get it. 
in the village and you just talk acting, 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 acting next to your director, you're going to drive people crazy. Like, there's very few people that just, that's all they do. That's normally the people that don't work. They just talk acting, 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 acting. It's like, no, you have to be a person first. You have to be something outside of that. You have to, you know, draw from real experiences. And a lot of people come here and they become a professional class taker or they, you know, they... They, they get they involve themselves in the craft so much that they forget to be a person. Now I'm not saying that it's not important to know your craft and then study and do all this. I'm I am a proponent of that, but first and foremost, you have to be a person. You have to draw from real life, you know, uh, experiences. You have to live. You have to you know volunteer. You have to be part of the human condition. You can't teach certain things like that in the class. You know, one of some of your better actors, they have lived a very very full life and they can draw from those experiences i mean that makes a lot of sense and that the idea that it's it's easier to pretend to be poor or to act like you're poor if you've actually oh, yeah, been poor yeah you can do whatever you want on a podcast a certain amount of times i think but you know the thing is just like yeah it'd be this different than like oh i don't have any money but if you've been hungry and you couldn't eat like yeah that's yeah, you go. You, you, there's no way somebody's going to outact your experience. You just, they're just not. Just because we're speaking about being hungry, I was looking at your Instagram. What's the deal with you and cereal, man? You got like eight <laughs> posts about cereal. Oh, see, I have this. Uh, this is a great segue, actually. I have this thing on YouTube called Bootleg Cereal, and pretty much Bootleg Cereal is um, it's just pretty much like a little interview show where I talk to. People I've worked with, people who I just admire, and we just sit down and we talk. But yeah, it's it's just bootleg cereal. It's just a, a, a fun little way to just have fun and justify sit down and chopping it up with a whole bunch of the homies. That's uh, honestly that's the reason that we started this podcast was just so I could talk to my friends. Exactly. Being <laughs> an adult sucks, doesn't it? Like you, remember when you used to be young, you could just hey, you want to come over, you want to play. Now it's like you got to set appointments, and it's like oh, I got to find a babysitter. Like yeah, adulting is. Oh gosh! What? All right, but what? What cereal are you gonna say is the best cereal? Oh man, Golden Grams all the way. Oh, I, I eat so many Golden Grams. Are peanut butter Captain Crunch? How yeah. are you gonna go Golden Grams over Cinnamon Toast Crunch though? It, well, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, it's just a little too much sugar. Not to stick on the cereal thing too much, but were you? I've started recently. I'll mix a bunch of different cereals together. Oh yeah. It was, you never got the same bowl twice, but it was amazing every time. But yes, I am a firm believer of mixing other cereal. The voiceover stuff. Yeah. Do you, how did you get into that part of it? Was it just somebody recognized your voice? Did you try out, or what happened? You know, it's really crazy. Um, back when I uh, I was doing background, right, and I was trying to now, if, and and I'm pretty sure people know what background is, but if you don't. You know, you ever watch a movie and you see those people walking around in the background? Uh, those are actors. Those are background actors, and they get paid for that. Um, and I was a background actor on on a show for a little bit, and I was trying to get my last two SAG vouchers. Now, it used to be, you know, if you get three SAG vouchers, then you could apply for SAG and you can get in the union. And I was always asked, I was like, "Hey, man, you know, I'm just I'm trying to get my last voucher. Can you help me out?" I was asking the ads. I then one ad, you know, he was kind of he was kind of mean about it, but he had a point. He was like, "I don't give vouchers to actors who ask for them." I was like, "You have to study. You have to do this. You have to go to VoiceBank.net and put over a voice reel and do other. You have to be a complete thing." And I was like, "Okay, well, I mean, well, thanks." Yeah. And <laughs> but then I thought about. it. I was like, "Well, he kind of got a point." And then I was like, hmm, VoiceBank.net. So I went there, and then uh, luckily that website had um, it had all the agents and it had all the um, all the reels of the people that were in it. And then remember, I was a music guy, so I had like mad equipment already. So I was like, "Oh, well, I can do this." So I'm, I did some voices. I, I, I emailed everybody. Osbrink was the first people that called me, and I've been with them ever since. I don't think that that kind of acting, the voiceover acting, the motion capture stuff, I don't think that gets nearly enough credit. Oh, it's difficult. It's it's very very difficult. In fact, I think I think actually some of the hardest acting would probably be like dubbing, uh, like doing dubs and it, and like if you do anime or something like that, and it pays the least. The reason why uh, dubbing is very very difficult um, next to video games is you have to rely so much on your director because contextually you really don't know the whole story. You don't know everyone's arcs. You don't know everyone's. Uh, you don't know one's motivation, so a lot of the great stuff that you get as an actor goes out of the window. A lot of times, 
you're seeing that stuff for the first time as you're recording. So like, okay, here are these guys. This is the relationship. Blah, blah, blah. That's what happened and act. And not only do you have to do that, you have to do that within the timing set by somebody else. And you have to match the lips. It's, it's very, very difficult. It's the reason why you'll see somebody, you know, like a Steve Bloom or you'll see somebody like, uh, like what's 500 and 800 plus credits because the same people do all the work because it's very demanding and, you know, not everybody can do it. But the same people work all the time. And you're, when you talk about dubbing, you're talking about like the stuff you did on One Punch Man, One Punch Man. and yeah, like One Punch Man and uh, and and uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Like yeah, that that's called dubbing. Whenever like you know the the vocal track uh, is released already, and then you have to go in and then you have to you know uh, do it in another language. Yeah, that's that's dubbing. I and always. That's, very very hard to do because I I do watch those sometimes and I'll watch like the English version with the subtitles and it it seems like these don't bless match up. Like, Thank you. <laughs> it, it's because everyone watches the Japanese, but bless your heart. Yes, those are amazing. Go ahead. It's I, was how I'm just stuttering. I'm not actually asking you questions <laughs> anymore. I'm just I'm just hitting consonants hard. Like that's a lot of times I do too. I'm like. I'm a professional. I'm I'm good at this. <laughs> you have a career there. You, you got this. <laughs> in terms of like, do you are you into that kind of stuff? Like, are you an anime, a manga fan, or was this just like, hey man, oh, yeah. are, are you available oh, oh, yeah. on Tuesday? Oh yeah, uh, I, oh yeah. I mean, uh, One Punch Man was um, was uh, was one of the few shows that I had seen in its entirety already before I auditioned. And then when I got the audition, I was like, oh my gosh, I really like this show. I really want this character. And, uh, and that was like one of the things I was just like, I am going to get this role. And I, I Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins, wished it into existence and then it just happened to work out. But yeah, I was, I was a big fan of that show, um, long before I'd ever read for it. And, um, and a gateway, like my gateway, my dad got me up on anime and stuff like that. Like, um, I think the first thing I ever watched, I was, uh, was like Dragon Ball Z, when uh, when it was on Toonami, and I yeah. was like, Dad, what are you doing? Why are you watching cartoons? You're an adult. He was like, Son, get out and watch this. You're going to like, I was like, Hey, whatever. He's like, And then all of a sudden, I started watching them. I was like, All the way in. But yeah, my parents were always the, the gateway into the nerddom. My mom collected comic books, so she got me into that. I never read the comic books, but she got me into like the video games and got me into like all the, this stuff. I but, would- yeah. I remember that old version of Toonami Dragon Ball where you could like tune in one week, wait three weeks, and then tune back in and they'd still be doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. I actually met uh, Sean Schimmel uh, not too long ago. Actually, Johnny Unboshin introduced me to him, but he's the guy that plays uh, Goku. And um, and I just, um, I would just ask him, like, dude, because he would have episodes of just yelling. Like, it's, it's hard work. It is hard work. And um, story about Sean, like, he knows his stuff. He's a full-on audiophile. Like, he knows, like, the specs of mics and stuff. Like, he's really, 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 he really, really knows his stuff. Is that ever overwhelming when you do stuff like the anime or any kind of comic book-related thing where the fandom is so into it? Like, do you ever feel crushed by that? I don't think crushed is the right word, but a little bit under pressure and like, I have to get... You know what? No, because I, I know no matter what, I mean, you're doomed. You're doomed no matter what, because here's why. Um, somebody, no matter how good of a job you do, no matter how bad of a job you do, someone somewhere is going to hate it, somewhere someone's going to love it. So, my thing is, be true to the character and have fun. Period. Have fun, bust your ass, and do the best job you can, and if I leave it all in the studio, then I'm happy with that, regardless of whether they love it, whether they hate it or not. In terms of the video game stuff, do you think that some of those, man, they're better than movies? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you see some of the Naughty Dog stuff that they do. Like, oh my gosh, like, so good. Um, And I think, uh, yeah, I I think this, this, this generation, you know, we're in the golden age of, like, video games. Remember, like, when there was a golden age of cinema? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know, I, I feel like this is that for video games. Like, the stories are so good. They put so much into the world that, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be. And another reason why sometimes they're better than uh, than a lot of movies is 
you're a lot more invested in these characters. You know, you sit down for a movie, you maybe get like a hundred to, you know, two hours and 10 minutes or something, but you know, you get invested in Joel for, you know, 40 hours. <laughs> you're going to, or Ellie, you're really going to care what happened. What was it like? What did you have to do to get ready to be Kratos? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, the funny thing is the first time I auditioned, um, I didn't know what it was for. A lot of these times they'll come up with a, um, they'll come up with a, a, a title. You will not know what it is until, you know, maybe actually you're hired for it. So, uh, day one, I went in, I had an audition. They were like, okay, well, here's his character. He's a little bit older. He's the father now, blah, 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 blah. Then, uh, we need you to beat the shit out of this dummy. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> go for it. So I remember this is like little Bob guy and I, they had me beat him with some stuff and I kicked him and I just, Screaming, yelled, and did some action and swung an axe around. Was like more screaming and yelling and kicking the shit out of a dummy. And then, uh, and then I got a call. They was like, "Hey, you know, we like you for this character. Uh, can you come in to Sony?" So I came in to Sony, and then they're like, "Yeah, well, this is this character. Da 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 da. This is actually what we're doing." And I was like, "Oh, that's a big deal." And then you know, conceptually, you kind of go over you know what everyone's thinking, and you know. You go to a couple of production meetings, like, well, this is what we think for the character, and you meet with the animators, and and you just kind of, you, it, it's kind of a collaborative process. So when I first got on God of War, it was years, years back. It's back when I had a, a TV show in Australia called Safe Point, and um, and I just remember, you know, us trying to find out, you know, how would this character walk, how would he carry his, you know, his weight around, and then um, I remember the uh, we were capturing some stuff, and this is. When we found out that he had an axe, I was like, oh, this is cool. I was like, he's got an axe now. He's like, and I was like, okay, well, can he call it back? I'm like, well, no, we didn't really want to do that because we kind of, uh, we thought it'd be too much, too close to, to four. And I'm like, but that would be really cool. I was like, tell you what, why don't I just do the, why don't I just do the animation, act like I'm calling the axe back. And if you don't like it, you just chop out the second end of the animation. But if you do like it, it kind of opens up this whole can of worms. So they're like, okay. So we did a couple of things, and then fast forward to later, we you know we recall the act. So it's really, it's really a cool thing when you get that early into a process where you figure out the character because everyone's figuring it out, and it's something that you obsess over for a long, long time, and you put all this work into it, and then ultimately the end result is, you know, um, hundreds of people with thousands of hours in collaborative talks and. You, you end up with this amalgamation of, of awesome. So that's kind of how we prepared for that. It's like, I didn't know what it was until I got there. I got there and it was like, okay, let's obsess collectively over this thing and make it awesome. Were you a fan of that series growing up? I mean, when they told you that, oh, by the way, this is Kratos. Nope. I went back and I watched everything. I, I never played a single God of War game uh, until I got there, but I knew it was a big deal because I was like, wow, he's, well, I, I play Smash Brothers. He's always in there. And he's, he's, I know he's a staple character. like that Crash Bandicoot. And it's like, he's a big, big, big character. Um, so I went on YouTube. I watched all of the cutscenes for all three of them. And I watched all the TC Carson's work. And this is before they had, you know, figured out who, you know, they were going to use for, you know, the acting and the voice, which was Chris Judge ultimately. But um, um, I had just watched everything that I possibly could. Do you ever get recognized just by the voice? It happens on occasion, but um, if I get recognized, sometimes it'll be like, uh, oh, I saw you in this YouTube video, or I saw you doing this, or I heard this interview, and then, um, or I'll get, hey, your voice is cool. You ever thought about voiceover? And I'll just be like, oh, you know, I, I thought about it. And kind of, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's, uh, I think when Thundercat comes on, I like, yeah. Can you can you tell us anything about that? Because I mean, that was iconic when I was a little kid. Um, I cannot, but I will be more than happy to do another interview when it comes out. Not not to kind of go back into old. So, like, if you accidentally reveal something, what happens? Do they? You get a phone call? Do they get mad? Do oh, they... I I did I did that for Spider Man actually uh, by accident. What? <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you if you look and if you see like Spider Man and yeah, there was like a whole thing that went down. It's it's not. This is a referral business, you know. Once you start working, you get on the radar. You know, you really that's a lot of repeat business. So you know, 
you do everything you can to just, you know, uh, to, to just, you know, stay in good graces and, you know, not say anything in interviews and stuff like that. And you don't even talk about, like, there's several things that I don't even talk about that I'm on right now until actually released. Coming up next, like, what do you got coming up next that you can talk about? I've done a lot of voice work for Jeep, and I'm I'm the Wingstop guy. I probably sold you some chicken wings you didn't know it. You are the Wingstop guy, aren't you? Yes. Yep. There you go. Can't tell the back. Um, do, you, do you get free wings with that? You know what? Three people have asked me that, and I never... I always forget to ask whenever I'm recording, but that would be amazing because I love wings. They're fries. Man, have you ever had a fries? Why aren't you, like, I feel like you need to get a better agent that's negotiating this stuff. You should have free well, wings for I life. Think, I think it's amazing. Like, they've done, they, they've done a great, see, they got me money instead of wings. <laughs> I guess you could nice use money to buy chicken wings. I mean, I guess yeah. apparently you could. <laughs> yeah, can't pay my rent in, uh, in, uh, in, in spicy Korean Q, but that would be nice. Um, but I think the coolest thing that I've ever heard is um, my friend who's actually a pro wrestler, he has a Chipotle black card. I didn't know this existed. Bro, man, he pulls up to Chipotle. He can get whatever he wants, how much ever he wants for free. Isn't that crazy? Do you abuse that privilege? I don't have it. <laughs> but, but I mean, are you I, are you ever like, hey, man, you know where we should go? Like Chipotle? You know <laughs> what? Um, with great power and great Chipotle comes great responsibility. So That's... I want brother to, to keep his thing. I don't, you know, but... um. Yeah, if I had a Chipotle card, I'd probably be making it ring with guacamole. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be something. Is Hollywood opening and Hollywood and everything? Do you feel like, in terms of the diversity of different cast, is that opening up a lot more recently, or oh, do you absolutely. think? Absolutely, absolutely, without question. I mean, um, because just the two, these really two movies that kind of just shut everything down with with Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians. Um, yeah, that, that just, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely a big shift going on. Even if you look at roles for women, you know, they're, they're not as one dimensional as it used to be. You're getting these really rich characters, really strong female leads, diverse, awesome cast, like, and it's, um, it's, it's a really exciting time. It's a really exciting time. So not only, you know, do we have the, just the numbers to back up? Like, yes, these people are underserved. They want a story, and they are willing, you know, to put their dollars where their hearts at. And not just that; it's just as an actor, it's really, really cool to just have have a lot more opportunity and go out for stuff that's just not like, okay, um, it's not the typical thing like, oh, black dude will be doing this. No, like, no, this is just a good character, and. We just happen to cast somebody black because he was great for the role, and that's just that's just awesome to me. So yeah, absolutely, there's 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 much more opportunity, and as long as y'all keep supporting and putting your dollars and and supporting you know movies that include everyone, I think you know just the experience for every movie goer, everyone who everyone who is represented, they're going to we're going to have just a better time and a better experience and better stories. I want to thank Chris so much for joining us. He's got a lot of really cool stuff coming up. Not just the Thundercat stuff. There's a lot of other things that he couldn't really talk about. He's also a great follow on Instagram and on YouTube as well. And has an amazing, a really good knowledge of cereal. Which is something that is very undervalued in modern society, I find. If you want to connect with him, we've linked to him on all of our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Okay, so now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call. And John has had an emotional week. He's had a lot of things going on. And as his friend, I think the best thing for me to do is to try to just annoy him as much as possible right from the beginning. So let's go ahead and give him a call. Hit me with the fast five. Well, and the good uh, the good nature of it being the Black Friday remnants. Hit me with the fast five. Here's the quick. Here's fast five. Black Friday attracts more people. I wasn't really ready for you to do it. I was really listen. I was really hoping this would annoy you a lot more. I didn't think I wasn't prepared for you to actually be ready to do it. <laughs> so. 
you you're yelling at me to do it, and then you didn't think that I had anything prepared. You you outsmarted me, basically. I I thought that I was pl- I was playing checkers, and you were playing chess. You got your you're damn right. You didn't remember that. Just remember that. How was your Thanksgiving? Actually, I don't care how your Thanksgiving was. Do you do you care how other people's holidays generally were? Like if someone – do you just ask the question because you feel like you should ask the question or do you generally care? I don't usually ask it to be honest. Uh, I usually work most of the holidays giving our business. So it depresses me to ask somebody. So you I, – I, I guess I fall into that category – uh, I, I really could care less. Once again, I feel like there's this general pattern of you doing or not doing a lot of things, basically just out of spite. I mean, if I do it, it's like a courtesy. Hit it's me with the like fast five. What I, what I want to know is this Facebook question that you're that you're getting absolutely trolled and destroyed on about your toolbox. I, do you even own a toolbox? I actually do own a toolbox, mainly because my father-in-law who is a literally a nuclear engineer, gave me a toolbox thinking that I would somehow know what to do with it. It's actually, I'll put a picture up of it, it's a fantastic toolbox. People, you would be shocked at how amazing this toolbox is that I have. I mean, didn't you have a story not too long ago where you were just trying to put in a ceiling fan and you like ended up busting out glass or something because it fell? I Yes, essentially, I, it wasn't a ceiling fan. It was a ceiling light that I was trying to clean out the little dust that gets on the ceiling light, and I ended up twisting off the entire thing, and it collapsed. And now my son, who is two, looks at it and says, Daddy broke it. Daddy broke it. <laughs> and yet, yes or no, do you, do you feel like to be a man, you have to know how to... to do household chores like that successfully. You, you have to have, I think, to be a man, you have to have a certain level of competence. Which you clearly don't have. No, I I can get something done. I have found from the, the amount of work around the house that I have been able to do is it's much more about having the tools than it is actually having to know how, how to do it. Most of it is simple. It's more of a matter of just being able to have the patience and the tools to get the job done. See, I, I agree with you on part of that statement about the patience. I think that's the most important thing. And if you're not somebody who is interested in doing the projects, your patience level goes out the window pretty quick. I can like see you like on a ladder because you're a real little guy, and you're like trying to reach <laughs> up into the bowl, you know, with your, like your little duster, and you're going around and around, and you're getting more pissed because your wife's probably like nagging you you know she's at the bottom of the ladder like oh no you got to do it that way and you're missing a spot and you just jab it in there next thing you know it falls on the ground and breaks me doing any kind of home improvement stuff around the house is the single biggest cause of strife in our marriage (laughs) well that and your baby dick but we don't talk about that right (laughs) no let's not bring that up but (laughs) so like i mentioned my father-in-law is a nuclear engineer and he he claims to be the guy who invented like the garage stuff where you build the little rafters up above and he he is he is very very good at this from the engineering background and so whenever i try to do something if my wife wants me to put up blinds and they're supposed to be 7 feet across and i put them up and they are 6 feet 11 and 3 quarter inches she's going to be pissed about it because it's not 7 and if he did it it would be exactly seven. It would be perfectly level. It would not be half a degree off. And I'm half a degree off, and she just gives this look of like, hmm, not a man. And I, it enrages me to my core. <laughs> Listen, I met Papa John. He will crush you. His hand is the size of your body. He, he's an interesting man, is he not? He is. He's, uh, if I remember it, the first time I met him, I think he hated me, but that's fine. I believe he called um, you a big dummy. Well, I mean, that's usually the first impression most people get. So getting back to this Facebook question, the question that I asked was, is the staple gun the second most useful tool next to duct tape? I would say it is. See, I, but I, I would argue that duct tape is not the most important thing in someone's toolbox. But, okay, but... In terms of 
let's clarify this because some people responded, Chris Gad, and didn't really think this the entire way through in terms of you can use this tool to do a variety of other things. Like duct tape can be used to fix a lot of stuff. The staple gun can be used in a lot of different avenues. Do you, what, okay, but here's my thing. If you're going to say the staple gun is not the second or duct tape is not number one, what are you going to say is a more useful tool? Well, you kind of changed the game on me there, and, and you said you, you said that you're going for something that has a universal purpose for multiple things. That's not changing the game. That's literally what I wrote on the Facebook page. Like if I'm going with the most important thing in a toolbox, it's a hammer. But you can't. But you can only use the hammer to put in or take out nails. You can't use it for anything else. The staple gun. Yes, you, can. you can. You can use the hammer. You can use the staple gun, the back of it, as a hammer. You can nail in stuff with a good staple gun. But but with a hammer, you can you can use it for multiple purposes. It's just it's just not for hitting in nails. Well, what else? You're just hitting stuff with it. That's all the hammer is good for. No, I mean you can use it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know the, what they're called, but you know the two the two pointy ends. You can use those to take out drywall, take out wood, you know, take out staples, take out nails. You could use the staple gun and just bash the drywall. Are we really having a debate over a staple gun right now? I'm just saying you're making a claim that the staple gun is not the second most useful tool. I'm saying it is. You don't seem to have any facts to back up your argument. I, I, I don't have any facts to back up. I, I, to me, it, it doesn't matter what's second best because as long as you have a hammer, you can usually get stuff done. Did you know that the walrus's tusks can grow to yes. up to three feet long? And the primary use of the walrus's tusk is not to attack other things or defend itself. It is to pull the walrus up out of the water and onto the ice. So you're telling me that the lone purpose of a walrus's saber-tooth tooth is to pull their fat asses out of the water? Not the only purpose. It is the main purpose. Everything else is auxiliary. Much oh, like the I staple gun, which the main point of the staple gun is stapling, but it has so many other uses. Walrus tusk staple gun, very similar. Hit me with the fast five. You know what? I, you know, I'm not going to hit you with the fast five right now. I'm not, because I feel like you're setting me up. Hit me with the fast five. I feel like you're setting me up just to make fun of me. Did you know that despite its size, the walrus actually can't dive very deep deep at all? Can only dive to a depth of 260 feet and hold its breast for 30 minutes, which apparently is not very good for that type of animal. That's, that's, That's insane. I don't see you diving to 260 feet and holding your breath for 30 minutes, though... I appreciate you picking out a skill that plays into my uh, most favorite superpower, or the one that I wish I could have, which is being able to breathe underwater. So basically, you would like to be a walrus. I mean, I'm kind of am a walrus. I just can't grow facial hair. Do you, do you feel uh, like if you were to if you were suddenly to transform into an animal, you would probably transform into a walrus? No, I, I think I turn into a bear, to be honest. No, but I wouldn't be like a cool bear. Yeah, okay. I'd be like one of those fat, like brown bears that like no one ever talks to or sees. Yeah, I, you're not you're not a a bear is is too high class, but maybe like a crappy bear, like one of the ones I mean, that like live in Kansas. If there's <laughs> bears in Kansas, not a good bear. I mean, what would you be, a hyena? I feel like I'd be something annoying. Yeah, like a bird. Like a hyena. I feel like I'd be a bird of some sort. Hit me with the fast five. I mean, are you serious? I've been serious the whole time. Uh, so if you actually want to do the fast five, I will I will read them to you right now. Hit me with the fast five. John's fast five. Pew, 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 pew. John's fast five. Pew, 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 pew. John's fast five. My God. In a second. Wait. This isn't gonna work while he's out awake. You know that, right? All right. So Black Friday Fast Five edition. <clears throat> Black Friday shopping will attract more people than what go to Disneyland every year. Uh, there will be more people that die 
while uh, shopping on Black Friday than will die in shark attacks every year. The original year of Black Friday, check this out, 1961 was the self-proclaimed first uh, first year of Black Friday. There will be 174 million people that will participate in Black Friday shopping. And number five, and my my favorite probably... Wait, this was uh, five? I thought that was all one. No, this is Fast Five. Like, fat, five fast things about something. Oh, I thought you had, like, different topics that you were going to do. I thought well, this I mean, was I, all I, one topic. Well, I mean, no, I mean, I... Uh, I mean, I, I did like different topics last week, and you said, "Could they be? Could it be shorter and faster?" So this week, I decided to stick with the same topic, but I got all kinds of cool little facts about it. Do you know a walrus can live for between twenty to thirty years, but isn't sexually mature until the age of fifteen? <laughs> I swear, see, I swear to God, you're just setting me up to make me look like an asshole. <laughs> you can tell me some some dumb fact about a walrus i actually thought that the fast five was going really well until you mentioned that you were already on five i was i thought i was looking forward to the other four things i didn't realize that was all the one thing i mean i mean you you told me last week to keep it like to make it faster so i decided to keep it with the same thing i'm gonna tell you number five because it's the best best one by the way all right uh uh if you had to guess a percentage of how many people admit to shopping while drunk on Black Friday? How, how, what's that percentage? 27. 19. Close enough. Yeah, I, did, I, thought, I could see that's one of those things that I could go from 19 all the way to 50. Yeah, so almost if a fifth of all people – well, I shouldn't say of all people. The people that were sampled in this poll – uh, a fifth of them said that they are drunk while shopping on Black Friday. Can Makes I you give you? Safe, right? Can I give you a quick drunk shopping story? Yeah, let's hear it. So back in college, me and a friend of mine, Ryan Brennan, I was going to a different school. I went up and visited him at the school that he was going to. We got drunk, came back, and watched Star Wars. What are you doing? Are you opening a bag of chips? No, I'm not opening. A bag of chips? Why? Continue with your story. I want to know what you're doing. Are you eating something? No, I'm not eating anything. What are you crinkling? God, fine. I'm eating, okay? Well, I was I was trying to sneak in uh, s- some sustenance, yes. What are you eating? That's irrelevant. Continue with your story. What are you eating? Why can't you tell us? <laughs> because you're just going to make fun of me. Well, I'm going to make fun of you more. Just tell us. The audience needs to know. Some popcorn chicken from KFC. (laughs) (laughs) Is it still warm? Um, No, because I had to feed my daughter, and then I I had to deal with a couple of work issues. And this is like an hour and a half now, and all I wanted to do was eat my goddamn popcorn chicken. And I was I was looking forward to your story, and I figured I could have a quick bite. But apparently, this fucking WhatsApp audio picks up every goddamn little thing. So really, now I can at least eat it while while you're talking. Well, at least move oh, your mouth water. away from the microphone while chomping down on popcorn chicken. I have to admit, though, my breathing—you can't even tell that like I'm out of breath right now. Do you get out of breath eating? Do you ever get the meat sweats? No, I'm not that fat that I get out of breath while eating, though I have had the meat sweats. Oh, man, I have a good story. You tell your story about drunk shopping, and then I'll tell my most favorite meat sweat story. Okay. So anyway, me and this friend of mine, we're getting drunk. It's in college. We go back to his house, and he has a ninja sword, which we start playing with the ninja sword as any drunk people would. And then he decides that he wants to sell the ninja sword, so we put it up on eBay. End up passing out while watching Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Underrated lightsaber fight between Yoda and Dooku. Anyway, moving on, the next morning he opens up his emails, and he's got all of these offers for the ninja sword. He starts responding to all of these offers. It takes about 30 minutes before he realizes 
that the bid that he put up on eBay and bid it up to like $1,000 was just him bidding up his own sword that he was trying to sell on eBay, ended up having to pay again for the sword, which he still has. Oh my God. There's so many pieces of that story that are almost unbelievable. But so I guess my first question is he got, he, did he, wait, so he, he got the sword back, right? Yeah, he still has it. Okay. We need to have him on because I want to know, uh, more importantly, whose idea was to turn on Attack of the Clones? I think it had just came out on DVD, I believe. And some of the emails just, one of the emails that he was very excited about just literally said, sell me that shit, bro. (laughs) That's always a good, uh, Kind of like conversation starters. Sell me that shit, bro. Okay, tell me your meat sweat story. All right, so uh, me and some friends, we were uh, we were in Austin, Texas, visiting a friend to go hang out for a night. And on the way there, there's a barbecue place. I'm pretty sure it was rated like number one in America by the Food Network one year called Salt Lick Barbecue. I actually know of this place. Continue. If anyone knows about it, I mean, it's literally like you pay, I don't even remember, 30, 40, 50 bucks or something, and you get a plate, and you can just, I mean, they have any kind of smoked meat and barbecue you could think of, and I I couldn't even tell you how much I ate. I don't even remember. I do remember, however, though, driving from Salt Lake to Austin uh, with the window down, and it was probably like 80 degrees, maybe. Uh, It was like a like a fall day down there. So it was, it was kind of warm still. And I just remember like I was sweating and I look over to my left and my buddy Mark is sweating and my buddy Dante, well, he, I mean, he was, he was, he was like a, a pool of water. And I just remember thinking like, are we all this fat or did like, we just have that much food. And then, you know, with all the meat in your system, you have the meat sweats for about three or four days. They just don't go away. And they, they could be a nasty little critter. So that night while we're partying uh, and we're drinking and whatnot, like, we literally left. We started drinking, and all of us, you know, we're like, we, we can't continue drinking. Uh, we're so full from the meat. So we literally got in the car and drove back to, uh, to San Antonio that night and, uh, and, and, you know, just went back to the hotel because... Do you know that a walrus's mustache, or vibrissae, as they are often called, are grouped in rows, and there can be as much as 700 of them in 15 rows? Wow. That's pretty impressive. All right, let's move on to our top five, and we're going to be doing the top five holidays. This is going to be ranked. So number one is the best, number five is the least. And look, we're not... We're not including like Memorial Day and Veterans Day and Martin Luther King Day in this holiday ranking because those aren't really holidays. Those are more days where you're supposed to commemorate and days of service. So those are not going to be included. But what do you have as number five? What is your fifth best holiday? Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be the uh, hopeless romantic here. And uh, are you gonna, I'm gonna go say Valentine's Day? Why? It, it's just, it's just a nice day in. You know, businesses buy into it and restaurants buy into it. And I don't know, it's, it, it can just be a, I'm sure we'll have different meaning now that I have a child. But before, you know, you could go out and, you know, spend the night on the town and do all this, you know, all the, you know, all this couple stuff and, you know, restaurants and do their things. I don't know. I mean, is it that bad Valentine's Day? Of that handful, Valentine's Day to me, absolutely nowhere on, near, or anywhere around that list. Plus, you're, you're in, like, grade school and you get Valentine's? I mean, that's badass. I... <laughs> did, did I just stump you for words? I'm just enraged in anger. Well, what what's your number five, Walrus Boy? Mine's going to go ahead and be Thanksgiving. See, I, I feel like Thanksgiving is an underdog. I feel like it's you know, I I, I would not I don't I don't have a low at, at all. Not definitely not number five. You had you have well, Valentine's Day on the list and not Thanksgiving. No, I do have a, I do have Thanksgiving on the list. 
I, I think you have Thanksgiving too low on your list. Oh, you're going to put it higher. Okay, I understand. Well, my number four is Christmas. Um, Christmas uh, is on my list, um, and I can get to my opinions more in a second. Why do you have it at number four? I just... My parents were always the people that like, hey, mom, I want this or I want that. And it's great to get a gift, but my mom would always buy me like pants, new underwear. I got things that I like needed for Christmas. I didn't necessarily get gifts. So maybe that turned me off of Christmas. Like I got socks. Here's a belt. What's your number four? Uh, I have St. Patrick's Day. Ooh, I think that's way too low on that list, or way too high, however you want to describe it. I think St. Patrick's no, Day be, is much better. To be honest, I, 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 I've celebrated, uh, well, I don't want to say celebrate because I'm not Irish, uh, like full-blooded Irish that I know of, but on the occasions that I have gone out on St. Patrick's Day, I've had a great time. However, it's just, it's just okay to me, like, you know? It's a great like if I hadn't gone out and and have the memories I have from that day, a couple of times with you by the way, which were fantastic. Uh, I wouldn't even have it on the list, but I associate some good memories with that holiday, so that's why it's number four on my list. What's your number three then? Uh, so my number three, which I I wasn't gonna put this on there, but then I once again I thought about some of the memories, and uh, I decided that I had to put it on there, and that's uh. New Year's Eve. Oh my God, that's my number three too. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, but really, I feel that New Year's Eve as a party day is incredibly overrated. I can't think of any really, really fun New Year's Eves that I've ever had. I agree. I've had a lot better New Year's Eves, like staying in and you know having like you know five or six people over rather than going out and being part of a crowd. I've never understood the how the New Year's Eve house party. I'm against the New Year's Eve house party. Why? I just I, I've I've always felt that New Year's Eve is like you got to go out and you got to be around a whole bunch of people. The New Year's Eve, four or five people quietly drinking wine and talking about the best book that they've ever read, just is not fun to me. I I, I quite like that actually. I mean, that's yeah, you would, I, especially as you get older. Number two for me is Halloween. Horrible holiday, completely overrated. I don't like costumes. I don't like candy that much. And I definitely <laughs> don't like asking strangers for candy. What's your number two then? Uh, Thanksgiving, for sure. But mainly on the basis that it's usually a day that includes three of my favorite things. Football, beer, and food. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Although I just spent a Thanksgiving basically neglecting my family and found that to be very, very nice. Can you guess my number one? Because I'm going to guess that yours is Christmas. You are right. My number one is Christmas, but not for probably any of the reasons you might think. I don't I don't care about gifts. I don't care really about, uh, you know, I do about getting together with family. That's always nice. Um but the reason why I love Christmas is it's the only holiday outside of New Year's, I guess, that uh, it's basically centered around the cold. Like, that's part of the thing that makes Christmas so magical is the Christmas lights and the snow and the cold weather. And Did you put up Christmas lights already? No, and I – that's a whole other issue. I don't. I can't even get into it. It is universally accepted throughout the world that the only time that is appropriate to put up Christmas lights is the weekend after Thanksgiving. That is when you put up Christmas lights. You bring them down the weekend after New Year's Eve. That is basically written in stone. And the fact that you are not adhering to it makes you not a man. Did you put up Christmas lights? Yeah. Of course you fucking did. The first time you've done it in years. No, I do it every year. I'm a family man, and I care about America. Can you guess my number one? Well, I think I haven't narrowed it it down to two possibilities. I'm going to say it's either Easter 
No, it's St. Patrick's Day. Oh, all right. Well, fair enough. You are a short little Irishman. So you know, that's, fine. that's fair. You know, I actually took a DNA test and found out that I am Irish. I mean, no shit. You have you have blonde hair, blue eyes, and you're five foot two. Basically, Irish people are stereotypically red hair and green eyes. So once again, your knowledge of geography is terrible. Uh, did you know that the walrus's genus name, Odobanus, means teeth-walking seahorse? So that's going to do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. I think that John has really been stepping it up over the last couple of episodes. He was ready to go with the Fast Five. And if there's been any problem with the show, I think it's basically been me. I'm the one that's right now is letting everybody down. I want to thank Chris J. Alex so much for joining us. If you get a chance, you can connect with him. He's really good at responding to fans, answers a lot of questions. You can find him through our social media pages, Profoundly Pointless. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We love to hear from you guys. We love to hear what you think about the show. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, and share. It really helps us out. We really appreciate it. Coming up on next week's episode, I don't know. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.